0: Welcome to Make It Happen, episode number 15. I'm your host, Ali Meehan, and today I am joined by Cherry Jeffs. Cherry and I are going to be talking about all things creative. Hello, Cherry.
1: Hi, Ali.
0: It's so nice to meet you finally. We were um, just saying off camera that we have been friends for years and years on Facebook and Twitter probably started it. Um, but we've never actually met before, so it's really nice to see you face to face.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. The technology is working so far. Yeah.
0: Get, get so while it's still working, tell us a bit about you. Who are you? Um,
1: okay, who am I? <laughs> uh, my name's Cherry Jeffs. I'm a mixed media artist and uh, a creative practice coach. So that means for me... Um, the art bit is i make what's known as artist books which are for me like a cross between um origami and um, pop-up books maybe probably the closest i can get to describing it without showing your picture okay Um, and as a coach uh, i help people um develop a regular creative practice and uh develop their creative strengths and eventually hopefully um you know reach the the goals that they, they aim for in their business and their creative life and grow creative wings
0: okay i i asked you for the interview actually because i love your blog so i quite often read it i mean unfortunately google have decided to stop doing google plus so it's not so easy for me to get it but i'm sure i have to subscribe to it and then i will get it every time you put a blog up but i really like it so when did your professional story start
1: Ooh, um, well, as an artist, uh, I studied at Wimbledon School of Art, uh, theatre design, um, and then didn't that really wasn't my thing in terms of the the ambience. So I think then I switched to working as a graphic designer. Um, and I had my own, so that was like my first business. I had a business, a graphic design studio, um, and that was in London, and then. Uh, left to move to Spain, uh, carried on doing some graphic design there, more web design stuff, because that was all the emerging technology at that moment, um, and then stopped doing that. <laughs> Third business was uh, uh, do, making jewelry. So I had like a, it started off just me making it and selling it, but then it sort of developed into wholesaling, and so, and then it got quite overwhelming and I developed a repetitive strain injury um, wow. my okay. Too much okay. Pliers. <laughs> okay. and uh, it was at that point that I decided that I would sort of circle back and do which I think what I'd always really wanted to do but hadn't for some reason done uh, which was do my own art um, and that was really the beginning of this journey.
0: Okay so um, you're now doing something that's very much a passion project then, something that you've always definitely. wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah okay.
1: definitely yeah
0: where do you uh, actually
1: oh sorry Sorry. no carry on yep uh so my coaching life came a lot later than that um that was really um started about five years ago maybe um because i'd been teaching uh yoga that was my side hustle and then my partner and i decided we were going to move around a bit more wanted a bit more to be a bit more mobile so that wasn't going to work um and it was a little classic example of close one door open another because within you know i thought sort of handed in my notice told my students right this is the you know last term and everything um and then i got this email from a company called coach me and i've been using their app which used to be called lift and then they changed it to coach me and they introduced a coaching side to it it's basically a habit tracking thing okay yep coaching and they said would you like to become a coach they were just obviously mailing that out to everybody who's used the app um, and I said yes, and, I, and within probably about a month of stopping teaching yoga, I had my first my first coaching client. So that was kind of meant to be.
0: <laughs> the uh, Coastal Women actually have a planner which um, I created at the end of last year, and the the theme for this month is actually habits. What? Okay. What's your feeling on habits and how we create them ourselves and how they serve us or don't?
1: Well, the case, um, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard one for me because um, being an artist, you know, I've got a, a bit of a rebellious streak. So I think I probably resisted the whole idea of regularity for quite a long time. Um, and it was quite an eye-opener to me to really discover that habits are they're just a container really and they and they take away a lot of the pain of it's the decision fatigue I think they call it now you know where you have to psych yourself up to do something as opposed to just do it um so I think the, the real strength of habits is that once you get them going they they just become automatic and you don't have to have that will I will I do this today you know you just you just do whatever it is that you you want to do but I'm a big fan of um have you heard of Gretchen Rubin's book uh, yes yeah so I, I'm a big habit a uh, big habit big fan of her uh, framework for the habits that you know different people form habits in different ways and I would definitely say that's true from my experience as a coach that you know it's not the same for everyone so coming up with the blanket rule that you absolutely must do it this way it isn't going to work for everyone um but there are sort of general frameworks that that
0: tend to work okay remind us of the title of her book for people that don't know uh, oh you got no don't worry i'll put it in no, the i'll, I'll actually put it below this
1: tendencies but it's not that one uh, better than before That's
0: okay okay yeah. yeah because i think most people think with artists they're very spontaneous and just throw you know suddenly have an idea and an inspiration and then go with it So. Do you think that's not necessarily?
1: I definitely think it doesn't have to be that way. Well, um, inspiration is definitely part of the process, and but um, you, the creative process requires certain stages, which is you know to lead up to that point of inspiration. So, inspiration doesn't come out of nowhere; it comes out of you exposing yourself to things or, or exploring ideas in some way. Um, and then at some point when you just feel like oh, I can't anymore, that's my head full, you kind of let let it rest. And, and normally it's at that point that you get your, your subconscious basically does some work and comes up with an idea. So it's not It's not happening in a vacuum, so all of that time leading up to it, you need to have been doing something, and the more regularly you do something to feed that process, the more regularly you're going to come up with that inspiration okay so, so it's like I say, it's like a container to put that to set aside that time for for those things to happen in
0: okay. Where does your inspiration come from? <laughs>
1: um, I think that it got, you know I think we all we all in some way tell the story of our lives don't we in in whatever we work in I think so obviously that's the inspiration for most artists as well I think um but in in my case I think I've honed into actually making art about the creative journey So it's become a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, it's like, I do it, I coach it and I, and I make art about it. But I think that's what I'm really, you know, passionately interested in is that, is that creative journey. So, um, and I do that in a very symbolic way. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not literal, but, um, sometimes you'll see, you know, a figure of an artist in there, but it's not always that.
0: Okay. Okay. And, um, do you ever have roadblocks to your yeah. so how would you approach those roadblocks?
1: I think that you know creative block is something that I really struggled with for a long time from that point when I said, "Oh yes, you know I had a repetitive strain injury, and I decided I was going to start making art again, and at that point, I had to face up to all the reasons that I hadn't done it up to that point. Well, in fact, I probably actually had been doing it because one of the first things I did was start. A sort of like a collage journal thing and I literally went through all my cupboards and I pulled out all of this stuff that I actually couldn't have told you that I'd made over the years and that I'd been carrying around with me so um that was kind of like block number one you know don't don't put your creativity in a drawer you know it's <laughs> like keep it out somewhere where you can see it um so yeah there was a whole journey I would say probably about oh, I don't know about could be ten years of maybe less five years of of journey of of undoing those years of of creative block and trying to find my way my own way through it really because there wasn't that much being you know there were it's become a really big topic now I think create the creative process and that and but when I was going through it there wasn't so many books about it you know I could sort of name five or something so I was really just finding my own way through it um and from that, and I think came the urge to want to help other people through theirs. But now I don't. I don't really get blocked as such. I really did come out the other side of that, and it's just I'm just in that incubation stage. So it's like what I was talking about before that process of right. I filled my head with as many ideas as I can, and now I just need to wait. And that feels very similar at times to creative block, but it's but not quite because you know that something's actually happening, and if you, if you wait it out one day you wake up and you go oh yeah okay I know what it is I'm gonna do then so. do, you,
0: do you think it's been helped by the fact that you are doing what is your passion the block uh, side of it
1: yes I think eventually I got to that point where I, I really had my own voice but that took a long time and probably coming through all of that stuff you know that was part of finding my voice and you know the two the two things sort of went parallel. So I can't really say where one started and the other ended you know it's like having to work through all the blocks and having to find who it was as a as an artist really went alongside each other
0: did you have any business role models or coaches yourself
1: um i've had coaches i've had quite a few coaches on coach me uh before that though i hadn't i didn't have any direct coaching but i did have um one of my heroes, I think, was um, is a woman called Alison Stanfield. She's a she's a art business coach, and she's been around really a long time. She predates a lot of people that are online now, and she came from um, working in some quite impressive museums in the states. So she had a very you know unique knowledge of the the business side of art and what you know what made good art and what how Artists really work, um and so and she she was doing before she was really doing coaching so much. She did a little more like courses and things like that. um And at first, I and I was quite inspired by that. I did a few, some some of her courses, and I thought, oh yes, you know that would be a great thing to do because I liked the idea of passing on what I'd learned. But I, the whole coaching thing wasn't so big then. Um, but then. I just realised I'm not really big on making videos, especially <laughs> in front of the camera. So I like making videos, but not me really in them. So um, that's what went out the window. But there was still that thing in the back of my head of like, oh, you know, I'd like the idea of of helping people. So that's how it, you know, from that inspiration from her. Now she does a lot more coaching as well. So.
0: Okay. And you've mentioned a couple of times about having a regular um, creative practice what would uh, what would that look like how would it how would you find one
1: find one (laughs) (laughs) is
0: it hiding Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: yeah it comes back to the same thing we were we were saying before that you know having that container to to let your creativity happen in so creating a space each Day, I mean I'm not saying as we eat seven days a week, that's obviously down to each person, but a regularity is definitely really helpful here. Um, so just having that regular space where you're gonna engage with your creative work and you're not gonna check your email and you're not gonna to talk to anybody else, and you just that's what you're gonna focus on. Um and sometimes it'll be incredibly productive and sometimes it'll be just you know, gathering ideas and pushing pieces of paper around. It's not like every day is going to be, yay, you know, you know like I, I achieved massive things today. So, but having that space and, and coming at, coming to it every day means that you get a lot less precious about today has to be, you know, has to be the day and it has it's important what I did today. And it's a much more of a case of like, yeah, it wasn't such a good day. Tomorrow I'll be better. And, you know, you just get more into... The rhythm of your own, your own work. I think, which it, which we all have. We all have these ups and downs. Apart oh. from Stephen King, he just apparently just <laughs> goes like <hours laughs> <of time. laughs> just endlessly typing for nine hours a day.
0: How have you learned to be kind to yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's part of it. I think is that forgiveness that that no that understanding your own your own way of doing things that there is no right way you know i think we've this we're definitely in a, in the age of the internet we're flooded all the time of you know how to's and you know i'm sure i'm guilty of this as well um but you know it's like 10 ways to do this and just accepting the fact that you know you might i'm not saying those 10 ways aren't useful to read but you might discard eight of them and say well that one and that one sounds like me or that i've tried those and they're the only ones at work and being okay with that and saying you know and just cobbling these bits of ways of working together until it feels like yours
0: owning it and you have a very unusual passion with wings (laughs) yes i do (laughs) (laughs) how did your wing fetish start (laughs) Um,
1: it must go back to childhood I, I, I was never allowed a cat or a dog which I desperately wanted and the only things that I had was, a, was a, a, a budgerigar and a goldfish so um, it's not surprising that you'll find fish and birds in, in, in a lot of my work um, so I think it came from that and looking at this poor budgie in the cage and you know, once a sort of month or something we'd let it out let it fly around the room and then it was back in the cage again so I think that really I don't know that obviously hit home at a deep level I didn't have a lot of freedom as a child either so I think I really empathized with that and so somewhere subliminally there was that idea of feeling a bit caged um and then through this whole process of you know going back to making art and you know periodically one of the things I really recommend that people do with their work in whatever sort of work you're doing is is to periodically just get it all together and have a look at it and one day I was doing that and I just got out a whole load of pieces of work and I went oh my god this is like <laughs> there's so many wings in this you know there's women with trying either trying to reach for things or you know on the verge of jumping or and there was birds and everything and there was women with wings and it was just like and I hadn't actually realized until that point it had all gone on at this sort of subliminal level um, and then a few years later, I was planning to go to a networking event. This was in Granada, and um, I was trying to think about sale um, elevator pitches, which is something I, I'm not very really good at. Um, and I was thinking about what is it, you know, what is it that I do? What is it I want to do? And it just came to me this idea of I want to help people grow wings, and you know, and and it kind of just all. At that point, it just all fitted together. So Okay. I think, I think that's definitely true with um, you know, sometimes people I have clients and they say, Oh, I've got to, you know, come up with this sort of strap line for my for my website or something. And I think it's so hard to do that intentionally. It's yeah. so much better yeah. when it just comes to you out of some of some who you are really.
0: Um what's given you wings?
1: Age. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like is there's good things about getting older. When you're young, you think oh, I you know, you just the one thing you don't want is to get older, but you you learn so much and you let go of caring so much about what people think, and and that trust in yourself is much stronger, and, and I think that's you know, that's probably been the deepest the deepest change for me
0: okay yeah so we're going to have a quick fire round okay favorite project creation food and what tool sorry food, food. tool <laughs> we've got food in the brain tool and why
1: <laughs> i think i might answer the food food <laughs> if you want to have food
0: uh, no. mashed um, potato
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm a bit of a geek, has be said. You've probably seen on my website, I've got um, a section about apps for artists. So I think it would have to be Trello. Okay. And I love Trello because it's visual. And obviously, I'm a visual person. I don't like... If I get a to-do list which has got just lines and lines of text, I just kind of zone out and it all just looks the same and equally unimportant or important, but I can't decide what to do. So what I love about Trello is that I can actually put images on the, the things I've got to do. Um and I even like change the desktop so that I can, you know, I've got images of you know inspiring me on the project that I'm working on. And um yeah so automations that's something you can do in Trello as well. So I have a lot of things that just sort of pop into my inbox every week or something and then I, I just know that I have to do them without having to, to think about. It.
0: Just thinking about people um, finishing projects, um, what's your advice to people, or maybe it's from the book, about starting too many projects and not finishing them?
1: Yeah, it's really hard. I think all of us, we've, we've got so many things that we want to do and, you know, it's really, really hard to decide where to focus your attention So I think number one is definitely having a system to catch your ideas in so that you can, you don't have to do everything now, you know, it's there and you can come back to it. I think that's really important. Um, And also having a more overall idea of where it is you're trying to get to in the, in the sort of short to medium term, you know, I sort of, I'm not very good at long range planning so I look at a year and I'll say what do I want you know to achieve this year and then out the projects that are on my plate which projects are the ones that will help me achieve those things because there's lots of things that are nice to do or that you want to do but they won't necessarily take you where you want to go so it's a bit of a trade-off at times and I think and then really really cutting down the amount of things that you focus on at once So that you don't, you know, I have maybe three projects, but they're in different areas. So I have an art project, I might have another content creation project that's, say, writing a book or or something like that. It's very different. And then I've got ongoing one, like my blog. So like every week I've got to do that. And it's I I give it a slot as a project because it takes a lot of time. Mm, So. Hitting it like that means that you don't sort of hit that overwhelm when you've got 20 things started and nothing anywhere near finished. Yeah, and then one that. last thing I think I'd say is that when you are getting to that stage of like, oh, uh, even that you've cut it all down, but you're still thinking where you know, I just don't know what to do this week. I would focus on the things that, that's closest to being done. Because when you get to that point of like you can see the end, it's hard, but that bit is it's like if you can push yourself through that bit. That's what helps you become a serial finisher. <laughs> so get to the end of that one and you go, right, it's done.
0: So thinking of serial finishers, what's something you will achieve in 2019?
1: Um, 2019 for me is year of the product. Because I've got a lot of content, I've got a lot of content on my blog. I've got lots of artworks. I've got a lot of stuff, books, but it's not actually out there being sold uh, for one reason or another. Things that I've have sold, and then I've gone, no, I'm going to edit that book. They'll take me off the market. And so it's the year of getting the stuff out of you know studio computer and into the world and making money.
0: Good. What book did you read in 2018 which made it happen for you?
1: Oh, can I have two?
0: Yes, I have two.
1: Okay, i have two. Um, the first one is called Finished by a guy called John Acuff. Finished, Give Yourself the Gift of Done, I think is its full title. And what I found really interesting about that book was that it's essentially a book about perfectionism. And that we don't finish things because basically if we leave it unfinished, it's always, you know, potentially perfect. And I'd never really seen it in that light before. And it really gave me a wake up call because I have been a bit of a serial starter and I've been getting much better at finishing. But that gave me the sort of final push. And I'm really, really now very, very focused at getting things right through to the end um, because I'm much more aware of that hiccup where I go, you know, where it's, oh, it's not going to be just quite as good as I imagined it was going to be. And the second one uh, is a book by uh, another friend that I've never actually physically met. Um, She's a designer, blogger, um, artist. Her name's Nella Donato. Uh, She's Croatian. And she wrote a book called Uh, the human-centered brand, and I can't remember the strap line, but it'll be in the show notes, and uh, I was a beta reader for that book, and I was absolutely blown away by it, apart from the fact that I was blown away by the fact that someone I knew had written a book that's that good. Um, What she really does is she unpacks branding into the idea that rather than it being something, in a way, that you market yourself with and that you sort of superimpose on top of your business or it's actually like a filter that you use to find your tribe, to find the people who you resonate with and who resonate with you. And just looking at it from that way around somehow just really changed my, my approach to branding as well. I think. Um, And it's, it's a really good book because she also gives you like huge amounts of You know, practical things to do to actually develop your brand. So I really recommend that one.
0: Okay, good. And do you have a superpower? If so, what is it? Uh, It's
1: probably to to do with flying, I'd imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Something about wings. So, yeah, helping people grow creative wings and trying to grow them myself as well.
0: Nice. If people want to get in touch with you, which I'm sure they will after our chat and find out more about potential books and um, as you see some of your creative projects, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Okay, so if you're floating around Granada or South Devon, you can send me a message and maybe we can meet for coffee because <laughs> I'm getting very into the idea that we need to stop doing everything online and uh, you know, we could have done this before now, I think we could have, been <laughs> we have done it. <laughs> So hopefully next time I'm in Spain we'll manage that. Absolutely. Um, other than that, um, my sort of online home is my is definitely my website and my blog, which is at um cherryjeffs.com. So, and Great. I'm on social media. Think,
0: but... You're everywhere. Are you everywhere as Cherry Jeffs?
1: Uh No, but you're there. I think there's a few sort of ones at back date from okay. previous you know blogs that I had so that I might have a different name but you know pretty much if you search me but on Facebook you'll find me as that okay perfect yeah
0: good well thank you for the interview and thank you for letting us see some of your wings and <laughs> and hopefully I shall meet you in Granado when you're next visiting
1: yeah definitely we're gonna have that coffee or a absolutely. glass of wine <laughs> absolutely or both or both yeah <laughs> thanks very much Ali thank you